Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Ellsbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, this is the first podcast you and I are recording half from Chandler's new apartment. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know why I hesitated. Hell yeah. Longfellow, represent. <laughs> you probably cannot tell from the video because I'm on the same couch as normal, and I think the paint job behind me is exactly the same. Yeah, it looks very similar. Um, but I am in a garden level where it stays constantly low 70s all day. That is not bad. It has an AC unit on the wall. It has fans. Oh, you're living the dream. Yeah, I am just, it, it, it's amazing. Not just sitting on the, the sofa and sweating all day. Yeah, especially working from home. Working also from home. Yeah, that's, it's a big, uh, it's a big one. It's a big one. Sounds like, sounds like a great place. Sounds like it's treating you well. Yeah, so far it is. Just got to like find out, you know how to make it look like an adult's apartment because Aren't, we've got we've got a lot of open space right now well if you want some bad posters i have plenty <laughs> uh i i think i'm aiming just for furniture for now and we can work got on it. the tour later because got it yeah you need both I, I i am paying for two apartments rent this month and i can tell you um that that costs some money yep. And so we, we need to be a bit choosier uh, with with furniture and, and everything else. But it is what it is. Since moving, I have started back on writing and I will have the next post in my Dofer position preview up tomorrow or Friday, Thursday or Friday, I should say. I would guess actually Friday because today is Wednesday and we're not really that close to to, to done with this one, but you can check out my p- previews on the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, offensive line, and linebackers. We went a little bit out of order because I was planning on going to the open practice yesterday, and then they moved it to 10:45 a.m. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard to hard to make. Yeah, when you've got a job, um, when most people have jobs at that time. That's like the one time, like even like students are like busy <laughs> like who, who is that who is it's an open practice for who you know yeah it's it's basically the same time you'd have the press conference yeah. on a weekly basis so it's really great for the star tribune reporter and oh, for yeah. the, one of them yeah yeah and and so not really great for fans who just want to go so in other words it won't be as educated as i would have liked it to be but I have done some research and, you know, hope to have it in a pretty good state, as well as the secondary post that will go up next week and the special team post that will go up later next week. So be on the lookout for that at SkyU blog. For now, though, we need to talk about um, we need to ask another Gophers preseason question. Or if you want the nitty gritty, go do some reading. But if you want some big picture stuff, come here and listen to us talk. Last week, we asked what position groups most need to improve this season. And uh, this week, we're going to ask our second question, who are some potential breakout players for 2023? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a big one. It's a big one. It's all ever, evergreen. 
always a fun question to ask, you know, who is who who's going to be the next, especially in college football where there's so much turnover, you know, who's going to be the next the next guy and like, who are the next dudes going to be? Yeah, and I think there are a few candidates this year. Obviously, there are some corners of the roster with lots of incumbents who have already broken out. Um, you know, the, a lot of the players we feel best about have kind of established who they are at this point. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think we could call Daniel Jackson a breakout player um, um, because he all, always – Last year. Yeah, he, he's at a decent level. And then last last year, if you're going to call any year a breakout, it was, it was last year. And you could, you know, Brevin Span Ford is in a similar bucket. Um is he, are you telling me Tyler, Tyler Newbin is not a breakout player? No, he's not a breakout player. Um, and, unless, like, he's winning the Thorpe Award or something. Yeah. Cody Lindenberg does not count as a breakout player. Yeah. Um, like, there, there are a few players where we know who they are, where we have a pretty good feeling of what they may be, um, but they're already at a good level. This is more about the guys who have flashed things. Um who we want to see go from intriguing player to legitimately good, if not like all conference level, you know? Um, and I think the best place to start, the most obvious place to start, and maybe you can dispute whether this counts because we had like one breakout game from this guy is Ethan Kelly Manis. Yes. Yes. On the offensive side of the ball, that would absolutely be my choice. I mean, he's prime for breakout season in that, He's played a little bit. He was good. He showed flashes. Uh, but with Ethan, it's all about ceiling. And that ceiling is very, very high. He can run. He can throw. Potentially, poten- the potential is there for a very, very strong, very, very strong campaign. Especially now that he has a full off season. now that he's gotten his feet wet in the regular season. Yeah, I, I that's an easy, easy, easy slam dunk money on that one, I think. The tools both physical and otherwise, like, are so obviously there. He's got a great arm, both in that he can throw it a long way and he can throw it a short way in a short amount of time. The athleticism, you mentioned, his running ability is, is much better than Tanner Morgan's. He's so composed in the pocket. He's, he's a real tough player who will stand in and take a hit. Uh, really just what you want to see from him is down-to-down consistency. Yeah. Which is something that especially for guys around the age of 20 just doesn't show up. Certainly didn't for me. Zing. <laughs> uh, it, it's also like something that you do see quarterbacks start to develop with time, uh, with, with more reps, with more familiarity with their group of receivers. And this year is a group of receivers, not just a couple guys. When you start to picture, like, a guy who can put together the Wisconsin game last year but do it eight or nine times a season against high-level competition, who can do it up against supreme pass rushers, who can do it up against good secondaries, who can threaten the defense in multiple ways— it's really, really exciting to think about what he might be. Now, obviously, we could be sitting here from your uh, sitting here a year from now, saying, saying the same thing, saying the same thing. But 
I would expect at least a small step forward this year from Tally Manis because there's so much there to like that I'm convinced he's going to have at least one season as a gopher where you're going to say that dude is the best quarterback we've seen here in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't expect him to eclipse the the Morgan 2018-19 campaign or whatever it was, 19-20, I guess. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's certainly certainly the tools, like you said, are all there. Um, again, accuracy can improve, and like you said, and one thing you alluded to is that you know a lot of quarterbacks when they're young struggle because it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just hard to learn an offense and you know make the right reads and do everything fast and do everything efficiently and do everything well. Um, so, in many regards, he is at he seems to be on schedule. I mean, as what was he a redshirt freshman last year? So. Yeah. Yeah, and again, from a that's about what you expect from a talented but you know very green redshirt freshman is that you know he'll he'll have some moments you know, um, but it'll be a learning process and it'll still be a learning process this year. But again, you'd expect with the full off season, full season under his belt. I mean, he's certainly primed for a breakout campaign, as we've been saying. Elsewhere on offense, I think the only other candidates are in the backfield. Yeah. Evan, certainly we talk about we've been talking about him for over a year, but Evan seems like somebody who didn't get, you know, much tick last year that we believe has a lot of talent. You know, can just can can do can can do a whole lot and he's versatile. And it seems like the 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 there's there's enough opportunity there um, for a breakout season. Yeah, I I just I love his burst. Uh, I, I love watching his high school tape and seeing the the, the way he he bounces off guys. Just you know, he, he's he's a home run hitter. I, I think he and Darius Taylor are both fairly similar, like in kind of profile to like the the Shannon Brooks type yeah. of they're gonna hit some home runs. They're gonna be able to shove some guys over, and they. You know, but also like I, I, I look at them and think I, I don't know if they're going to end up being someone like Nick Singleton or anything, but like they, they are going to be some at least one of them is going to be a really explosive, really potent running back. And, you know, that's that's really fun. I like good running backs. I, I'm obviously not the biggest fan of the run game, but just on an aesthetic level, a great running back is really fun to watch and if it's the type of running back who can go for 70 yards in one go then um that's a lot of fun to watch and i i think at least one of those two will do it i think evans is more likely to play this year and in a substantial way but taylor has been seemingly from the videos they've been posting getting some reps with some of the first and second team and he's also just really talented so both of them could end up seeing the field this year uh, yeah. If I, yeah. If I was going to have a breakout pick, it would be Evans, but who knows? Taylor might force someone's hand to get on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively, there are a couple guys on the line that are easy to talk about. Uh, I I figure you can probably name one of them. Jaw Joiner. Jaw Joiner is absolutely one of them. Absolutely one of them, man. Jod Joyner is, as we talked about last week, Jod Joyner is very talented. 
Um, kind of like Ethan, although he's played more, um, right? Um, like Ethan, he's very talented, very athletic. There's a lot of upside. There's a lot of untapped upside there, which is why you get excited about it, about his game. Yeah, and at this stage in his career, you could kind of compare him to Boye Mafe in a, in a way. I think Mafe was a bit thicker than Jaw Joyner, who uh, is, you know, pretty lean at 6'5 to 65. He, he still, it, it doesn't look like he's he's got the, the bulk everywhere on his body. Um, but just in terms of the steel sets, Mafe was kind of an incomplete player going into his junior year. And he wasn't the most effective defender against the run. He was a really, really interesting pass rusher. Um, really explosive athlete, but he just needed to work on the other side of the game. And you could maybe say, well, Joyner just needs to work on that side of the game. I think he's got a a, a greater ceiling than Jalen Logan Redding. Um, mm. And I personally think a, a, a great pass rusher is more valuable than a, a great run defender at that position. And um, I think it's possible Joyner can be that guy. I also think Anthony Smith. Yes who will have a smaller role this season, but is, is going to see the field. Yeah. He uh, seems like you can't, can't keep him off. It would seem. He, he's just, he's huge. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's huge. He's got power. Um, it seems based on the spring game, he's still got a ways to go in terms of being a polished product, but it's just another situation where you're just going to bank on the tools because, yeah. um, you know, you, you, in theory, you, if you have a good coaching staff, you can, you can hone a, a great athlete into a, a great football player much more than, uh, you know, trying to make a, a very technically – I mean, obviously, you want technically sound players. But just, you know, I, I looked at Texas Tech's recruiting strategy, for example. They're just getting guys who can fly, who can lift weights really well. Um, and uh, – just you know, counting on their ability to coach him up when they get to campus. And Anthony Smith um, from Minnesota feels like the the type of guy you just gotta say he, he he's got the tools. Let's let's bet on our ability to to make him into a a really really good football player. Yeah, yeah, and um, this coaching staff, for what it's worth, um, they they do have it pretty solid track record with defensive linemen, I would say. So as well as his defense in general, but defensive linemen in particular. Obviously it's a bit different with the turnover at defensive line where Chad Wilts left and then Brick Haley left. And now it's Winston a lot of who has only been a full-time defensive line coach at Akron for a year, but the guys are there. I really liked Winston a lot of from his time as a player. So maybe I'm overrating the, the chances that he'd be a really good coach because he seemed like a really good coach to me in press conference, when, press conferences when he was a senior as, as yeah. in college. But, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense for him to, to be there. And uh, if nothing else, like having Joe Rossi around um, is also, you know, a plus. Yeah. We know Joe Rossi's a good coach. Yep. One of the best. The only other guy I'm looking at as far as a breakout player is in the secondary. 
Um, and that's Darius Green. Okay. You don't consider you don't consider Jack Henderson. I I mean I know he's it's difficult with Henderson because he's his, I I just think he's been so productive and I feel like he's off the radar for casual fans is the reason I kind of say that. Well, I actually watched some Jack Henderson this evening um, to to write the secondary preview and I'm I'm iffy. He he seems like a he seems like a player who knows how to be in the right place. He's got the athleticism to get to that place. He can play his own pretty well. He can, you know, catch up with slot receivers at the FCS level fairly well. Um, but he's just not a good tackler. Okay. Like, and this defense, that's something they take pride in historically in this out in their defensive backs. Yeah, I don't think you're you're getting a Michael Dixon, Chris Williamson type with him. I think you're you're getting more of I mean, he might end up starting because we're waiting to see on if Craig McDonald gets a waiver from the NCAA. Um, if he does get that waiver, I think McDonald will start. And then... Um, is Craig McDonald, is he, a, is he a... Did he go to my high school? He did. <laughs> Dang. Crazy. Uh, transferring from Auburn after a couple years at Iowa State before that. But um, I, I think McDonald will start and then... Henderson will probably be a situational player where yeah. like when you do up against Michigan and Iowa and Wisconsin, you're going to want a third linebacker out there or yeah. someone can play closer to like a third linebacker, someone that's more of a hybrid than mm. a slot corner. So all that aside, I'm thinking Darius Green. Okay. Who could play some nickel, especially if, Craig McDonald can't play because he played some nickel towards the end of last year. Green is very much the Dofer's type. When I was watching his high school tape a couple years ago, he looks like someone who was going to have to figure out how not to commit targeting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like he, he showed a, a couple points last year, late in games or in uh, the the couple games in the back end of the year where he played starter level snaps uh, that he he's a heat seeker. This is the type of safety they really like. See Antoine Winfield Jr. See Tyler Newbin. See Jordan Howden at points. They they really liked the, the really physical safety who can come downhill, who can lay the wood. Um, and Darius Green is absolutely that type of player. Obviously we need to see you know, whether he can do everything that they ask their safeties to do. But he's a redshirt sophomore at this point. He's been in the program. He's been playing under Jordan Howden and under Tyler Newbin, two very experienced, very talented safeties. And I think he is, at the very least, the, the type of player they want at that position. And I would say Coleman Bryson is the same, but he's probably more of a candidate for a breakout next year uh, as opposed to this year. So, um I'm, I'm going to say Darius Green for now because I, I like his skill set and, you know, he hits people real hard. Yeah. So, um, that, that'll be my, my last take. Did you have anyone on your mind? No, no, um, not really outside outside of Joyner. So, yeah, I mean, I, again, I thought about Henderson. I, just, I like the productivity. I like the productivity, but I haven't admittedly haven't watched as much of him as you have. So I will defer to you on that. Um, but that green, I think, is that is that is a good uh, that is a good call in that regard. Makes sense after you talk about it. 
Well, um, there are obviously some other players where you could ask a less specific breakout question about where you, you know, say who could take a step up or, you know, something along those lines. But we're looking, we were looking more for the, the guys who could become really, really productive this year. Yeah. Um, so uh, next week, it looks like we'll have another question that's more on the pessimistic side, but you'll hear us talk about it next week. And then um, on the other side of that, it's week one. Yep. <laughs> Which means, I guess, I got to start doing some Nebraska research. Yep. So uh, we look forward to the next couple weeks of football talk. And, uh, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. But um, while it is still summer, while we don't have football yet to talk about, because we're not going to talk about preseason football, uh, we're going to resurrect a segment that we've done at least for one other year, maybe two, and that is looking at the grandstand stage yeah. at the State Fair, because that starts, what, a week from when this comes out, right? Yeah, yeah, starts starts next Thursday, so be there, be there, or be square, but if you're going to be there, have a lot of money, because some of these are pretty expensive. Yeah, I'm actually, like, shocked i i don't know what the the costs normally are um i've been to the fair once and i did not make it a i i i don't i i think like it was some like really crappy nostalgia act like something in like the sticks or kansas vein yeah um oh I, I shouldn't lump kansas in with sticks no one's as bad as sticks but um but i i didn't go i haven't gone to any of the the musical acts and to see in some cases up to $200, over $200 for some of these acts. I will um, say, yeah, I'll go on. Well, that's just a shock. Like, it's a, it's a state fair. I, I would have thought there's kind of a built-in, you know, discount in these sort of things. But I guess otherwise they're not going to get some of these really famous artists. Yep, yep. And there's the $15 at the door on top of that. So <laughs> um, be ready for it, I guess. But yeah, um, are we just gonna are we just gonna go through them and offer our opinions? Yeah, um, I think we can actually go in reverse chronological order because it might actually get bigger at the beginning than the end, if that makes sense, or at least roughly that way. Yeah. So you want to start with so reverse chronological order. So you want to start with Blippi. The wonderful yeah. world tour. What do you have so, to say about Blippi? You know, I, I really like Blippi's first album. I thought they got kind of redundant um, and I think ultimately stagnated on their second and third albums. Uh, you know, that first tour, there's so much spirit. There was there was so much energy. It, it was it was it was raw. It was cathartic. It was rock and roll. Um, but unfortunately, Blippi hasn't scaled to those heights on the subsequent album albums or tour since. So those are my opinions on those are my tour my opinions on Blippi. Um, you may ask who is Blippi, um, and I will tell you, I, I do not know. I do not know what Blippi is. But I, judging by the judging by the animation um, in the picture, I, I think that's probably for the better. <laughs> Uh, according to Wikipedia, Blippi is an American online-based child entertainer for ch- toddlers and children up to the age of about five years old. It's just on YouTube. That's a, 
how do they how do they even know the first album then? It's, it's still only been around five years. Oh, well, I don't know. Um, but anyway, those are our thoughts on Blippy. After that is the uh, State Fair 50th annual, a 50th annual Amateur Talent Contest Finals. Hopefully they bring back the previous 49 winners. I mean, I know that would be... I guess amateur doesn't necessarily mean young, right? Is it only kids? I think it's mostly kids. I don't know. These these are seem this always has always seemed to me like it'd be a kind of interesting thing to go to if I was at the fair. Um, and I think you can just sort of walk in. I don't know if it's like ticketed or anything. So yeah, it would be just uh, I don't know. It would be inter- interest perhaps interesting while whilst downing a corn dog or something you know just something to do at the fair well the previous night um is something that i aaron will not be at because he'll be at a pearl jam show but a lot of the dads at the pearl jam show will wish they were at this show also yeah this is uh that's a bad that's a bad scheduling conflict like really, really egregious that they would schedule this on the same night as Pearl Jam. I don't know what the flannel clad dads will, will do. But I, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the hold steady with special guests Bob Moldband and Dillinger 4. That is some dad shit right there. Um, and you know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Although I did fall asleep during a Bob Mold set once in high school. That is a dad. That is, those are dad bands. But God damn it. They rock. They rock. Don't tell me otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw D four at uh, saw D four at um, the Memory Lanes block party several years ago. That was just a ton of fun. They're just a fun band that is referenced in I, I believe multiple Hold Steady songs. <laughs> Bob Moulds. I don't know if he's referenced in any Hold Steady songs, but you know. Kids, if you haven't heard Sugar, Copper Blue, listen to that album. Unbelievable early 90s rock album. The Husker do stuff I am less attached to, but Sugar, good. Rock, good. Good rock. And Bob Mould's late career is uh, also pretty good. He kind of puts out very similar albums. It's like five or six albums that are very similar. But you know what? That man can write a song. That man can write a riff. Great sort of power power pop if you'd call it that it always puts on a good show so surprise aaron aaron's here for it um is aaron here for the jonas brothers with special guest lawrence no i think lawrence is maybe i think they maybe opened for goose once in in la so i think maybe Maybe they are sort of like, maybe they have some jam scene ties, so maybe they're up my alley. I think they're like a funk pop band, so I, I don't know if it's just a similar audience or whatever, but. I, I have a couple of friends who went to a Lawrence show a couple of years ago, and they are not jam band people, so I, I'm going to guess that it's probably not Aaron's thing. Yeah, well, I like funk, so if it is funk and pop, um, I guess the Jonas Brothers could also be called funk and pop. Um, I have no attachment to the Jonas Brothers. I was once adamantly anti-Joe Bro. I am now neutral. I'm now 
just neutral on the Joe Bros. It's not it's not my thing. It's not for me. But if it was, I think that'd be strange um, because I am so far out of the intended audience for that. Uh, my sister went to this show, though. I don't I haven't talked to her about it, but I saw on Instagram she went to the Joe Bros. I think at like MSG or something. She had five albums one night. I don't know if this means they're going to be playing. I don't know if this means they're going to be playing five. Like they're not going to be playing five. Like this is even like a riot fest thing where some hardcore band plays their entire catalog consecutively. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's just like playing their hits, and they have five albums, and it's just branded weird or something. Um, looking at their set list from Yankee Stadium on August 13th. Yankee Stadium, my goodness. Yeah, they did play 48 songs. Wow. But I, well, I I don't know their albums, but it does kind of look like they. It seems like they might have played their entire catalog, doesn't it? I, I don't know if it's their entire catalog. I, I don't think it is, but it looks like they played something like three and a half to four albums, but they played from every single one of the five albums. Yeah. Wow. Um, and also did a cover of Mr. Brightside. Of course, because when in Rome. Yeah. And also, there's, a, there's a great, there's a great moment in the movie Blazing Saddles. And if you have seen Blazing Saddles, you know right where I'm going for this. There's this moment where the guy just goes, where are white women at? And friends, they were they were there. Is they, they were at the Jonas Brothers. The Jonas show. Brothers singing along to Mr. Brightside. Well, uh, I can't come up with a segue I'm comfortable with, um, but I can tell you that my mother was at the uh, – a different show on the tour for Duran Duran with special guests Bastille and Nile Rogers and Chick. And here they are now at the State Fair of Minnesota. What was her? Did she have a strong opinion on it? Uh, well, she's like a huge Duran Duran nut, so yeah. she liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know if she liked it $197 a lot. Uh, but I know she liked it and, you know, I, I don't hate Duran Duran. I, I listened to a lot of it when I was like six or seven and hanging out with my mom a lot. And in fact, on our uh, Madison driving playlist, I included a Duran Duran song, but also go for football is more important to me. (laughs) I will say I'm trying to, I might, I might, I might have to miss the first half of go for football because there's a show at the Dakota that is unmissable but that's an aside that we'll get to later i want to comment on this this is a weird bill it is a weird bill it past present and future but past present and future of what because you have duran duran is like a new wave band bastille who might be ai and then for some reason nile rogers like who is awesome you know, I just I, I I I respect the hell out of Nile Rodgers. I think that would be a really probably one of the probably the most fun out of the three. I'm sure Duran Duran puts on a good show, but um, yeah, Nile Rodgers that'd be that'd be a great uh, that'd be a great free stage show or something. Um, just give me a dance party. I guess they all have synths like loosely the past, present, future of like s- s- sort of electronic-y pop music maybe. 
but I don't know. I don't know who's the present and the future in this case, I guess. I think it's more about, uh, I, I think future, or future past, future, I, I past, present. I don't know why I thought past, present, future, future past. Well, you, yeah, usually it's a, it's less about the whole act than it is about the headliner and Duran Duran is the headliner. So I think it's just, you know, I don't know what their last album was called because they are still making albums, but I'm going to guess it's probably like we're playing the new stuff, but also you remember, uh, is there something I should know? We're going to play that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday the 30th, Young Gravy with special guest BB Knows. Is that Baby No Money? That would make sense. But also, this is, this is our, our millennialness is showing here, because I guarantee you that artist is bigger than we think. And <laughs> I have no idea. BB knows. I don't know. Ba- baby no money. I, I don't I don't know. But we got Wikipedia this. Young Gravy is a name I have run into and heard far more than I should have. Um, I see he's a rapper actually from Rochester. Yeah. But I feel like he is. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize for jutting in on here. It is baby no money, so I was right. So I get credit credit with the credit with the teens. Well, I um I don't have really anything to say other than this is all just stuff outside of my wheelhouse because I'm too old. Uh, even though I think I saw Young Gravy is actually our age, basically. Yeah, Young Gravy's weird because he's been around for a few years and was like kind of famous, but then like had a kind of a, some viralness and I think like there's something about him like hooking up with somebody's mom or something some famous celebrity mom some some weird and then he was like on the tabloid he, I I don't know he had a breakout summer last year is what I'm trying to say he's local he's hot or was hot I don't know what he's doing in the year of our lord 2023 uh, but he was weird because he kind of had a career and then had like a massive hit Wait, later in that career, then that would alter his trajectory in a way that was kind of strange. So that's all I know. I don't know. Enjoy, enjoy your things, people. I, I won't be there. <laughs> well, um, we do probably need to pick up the pace because there are more artists than I realized. But Tuesday the 29th is a definite Aaron artist. Yep, yep, yep. Brandy Carlisle with Winona. Um, yeah. That's yeah. I saw her at the fair with Mavis a couple of years ago, and it was honestly fantastic. And my whole family. I've never been to a Brandy show that I like didn't cry at. I'm not sure I've watched a Brandy live stream that I haven't cried at. She's that good. Um, one of the great artists of our time. Absolutely worth the price of admission. Even well, well, I don't know. Their scal- tickets are probably scalping for like four hundred dollars now, so maybe not worth that. But um, worth worth the seventy nine or ninety nine that you you know you'd pay. Uh, you know, and that's why it sold out so quickly because she's just massive and she's awesome. So go Brandy. I'm glad she's scaled up. On the 28th, Happy Together Tour 2023 featuring The Turtles, Little Anthony, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, The Vogues, The Classics Four, and The Cow Sills. I just hope they're doing this one in like 30 years. I hope they're still doing the Happy Together Tour because they do this every year. I hope the Happy Together Tour 2053 is still going. I, you know, again, it might be AI, it might be holograms. I don't know. I hope it's still going. This is a this is good for the people. I I don't know 
any of these people uh, are, do they do they do this tour like all every of them year. all the time every year yep every year all right well um i do know these people i won't yep. be there um but uh boys to men and shaka khan was special guest none of this is your sorry for i'm sorry i just guess only opinions on these <laughs> This is your bang for the buck, and this for that reason, I think this is the one I think I will most likely find myself at. Um, boys to men, you know, I once, for an ex, once hired the Sean Stockman to sing a romantic song on Cameo for. It was great. It was awesome. So I feel like I got to repay the favor. Um, Chaka Khan, I have seen at Pitchfork Fest in 2018, uh, and you know what? She sounds good. She doesn't sound I don't she's not at the top of her game, but even like an 80% Shaka Khan, let me tell you, there's a lot of hits there and it's a lot of fun. So, I think that that's going to be a dance party. I don't know the opener, but, you know, whatever. That's going to that that one and that one's only 34 bucks. If you got time people, consider it. Probably should not consider Keith Urban with special guest Lindsay L. Yeah, no, I I uh, did ditto. Um, I don't think my mom went to this show, but there was a time where she would have seen the Chicks World Tour 2023 with special guest Wild Rivers. Yeah, yeah. This is the one I'm trying to get on the guest list for this. Um, I've never written about a show at the fair, and, it, you know, it takes it takes the Chicks to to get me there. Um, that's that's they're just. They're they're just awesome. Uh, their new album's pretty good, but uh, their catalog is so effing good. They're so talented. Um, I just think their music is really super enduring, and for that reason, it should be a great show. And of course, uh, as, as always needs to be said, eh? They're from Lubbock and be there right about, right about the Iraq War. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then the first show. At the grandstand stage on Thursday, August 24th, when the fair opens, um, the Velveteers open for the Black Keys. Uh, you know, we talk a lot negative about the Black Keys. Um, we do, which, like, I don't, in, in retrospect, like, I don't think we probably deserve to talk as negatively as we do about them. Like, not that it's all on air, but, like, I don't know, like, my, my thing with them is, like, they sound very samey, and then they put out, um, they, they kind of drifted in a direction that I thought was interesting with Turn Blue, and then they apologized for not rocking hard enough, <laughs> and just started sounding like themselves again. Uh, I will which, say, yeah, go on. I don't know, it, they're their worst bands to sound like, they're fine, but it's also, like, that they are what they are. Yeah, they are very much what they are. I will say they're they're like weird like R.L. Burnside album that they did, or is it? I think it's like a. I, I want to say it's like a sort of a Mississippi blues album. Delta Cream, um, you know, is better than you think it should be. Well, you I know, mean, uh, the the first couple, um, the first couple Black Keys records where they were just a straight garagey blues rock outfit. I like those a decent bit. 
Yeah, yeah, no. And the, the catalog is, I mean, taken as a whole, I mean, there's some, some definite fill or there's some boring stuff in retrospect, but there's some real heights. I mean, Brothers, I, I think is honest, honest to God is a really good album. Um, again, the first ones are pretty interesting. I like Delta Cream. I Let's rock. You know what? Like philosophically, I'm not really on board with, but the product is kind of okay. You know, and I saw that tour and, you know, I think I wrote positively about it at the time. Um, they're not a terrible band. There's worse, much worse pop. There are much worse popular bands. Um, and Dan Auerbach, um, I think Patrick Carney is in the doghouse. I think he cheated on his wife publicly. And I think his wife was like Michelle Branch or something. There was something about that. So maybe he's kind of in the doghouse. But, you know, Dan Auerbach. He's produced a lot of good, a lot of cool, good blues and old kind of soul. You know, he was kind of, he's kind of the last, not the last bastion, but like that guy makes country soul records. He produces country soul records. That guy, that guy knows his stuff, you know? So I, I like him. I like him a lot. You know, um, again, their output is not certainly not bulletproof but i think you can do worse for an arena, arena rock show i won't be there but you know have a blast if you're going yeah i'm kind of on the same page where like principally you know i i i think we should strive for something better than the black keys and they should strive to be better than what they are because they have been better but they definitely don't suck like they're very inoffensive. You mentioned Brothers. If I had, if I'd never heard Brothers before and I listened to it again with fresh ears, I would probably really like it and really be obsessed with it for a year before I got tired of it again. But that year, it would be very pure. Yes, yes. But anyway, we have run out of artists, um, and we're not going to go down the new foods list. But I can tell you, I'm very excited that Afro Deli is at the fair now. Yep, yep. Long, long overdue. I will be at the fair at least one, actually just one day this year. I don't see a need to, to do it twice, but, um, you know, so I'm going to have some good time. I'm going to eat some food finally because I, I didn't do that the one time I went in 2019 or 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And um, in 2018, I went to the fair. And last year, I went to the State Fair of Texas for the first time. How many times do you think you've been to the Minnesota State Fair? Oh, I'm so I'm what 27. I've probably been 20. I don't know a lot. Okay. I have no idea. Some years, multiple times. A few years, none. Usually one, maybe two. Well, it's, it seems like that's not terribly uncommon if you live in the Twin Cities. Yeah, and it's I mean it's easy enough to get to, you know. And they're adding more uh, transportation this year, which is good. Um, more bus, more buses. I think express buses, which is good. But yeah, it's a, it's a good time. I like it, even if it's a caricature of itself in every way. <laughs> That's why why we like it in some ways. Deep fried foods is uh, I'm not gonna say you can't go wrong with it, but a lot of it feels really good to eat. Yep, yep. Like I said, it looks like we'll record next week. Until then, everyone have a, a good time. Get ready for football. to to start up and uh, get ready for the fair. Yep. Thank you.